The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Praise the Lord. Um, as Pastor will say, that uh, we have in our midst somebody that is very, 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 very special to us. And also, I remember Pastor saying that um, this man was one of those that, you know, took the revival of this nation um, by, by themselves in, in so many years ago. So it's my pleasure, with all reference to God, may we please rise. It's my pleasure this morning to introduce Dr. Oke Onuzo. Someone praise the Lord. Give the Lord a big clap offering, my brother. Amen. I bless the Lord for the opportunity to share my faith here today. Amen. How many people know that not everybody who went to bed yesterday woke up this morning? Do you know that the doctors can put you to sleep, but they can't wake you up? Isn't that awesome? So, like the songwriter said, whenever I see another breaking of day, I say what? Thank you, Lord. Amen. So, let's take um, some hymns. How many people love singing hymns? Okay. This one says, tell me the old, old story. Do you know it? Tell me the old, old story of unseen things above of Jesus and his glory of Jesus and his love Tell me the story simply as to a little child. For I am weak and weary and helpless and defiled. Tell me the old, old story.
very life into us and transform us into the image of your son that we may become like him kings and priests unto our God to the end that your delights may prosper in our lives for in Jesus name we pray amen thank you thank you very much Daniel chapter 4, Daniel chapter 4, and we read from verse 13, Daniel chapter 4, from verse 13, I was seeing these visions as I was asleep, I saw a guardian a holy being come down from heaven. This is God's word. He shouted loudly, cut down the oak tree, cut off its branches, strip off its leaves, scatter its fruit, make the animals under it run away, and make the birds fly from its branches. But leave the stump and its roots in the ground. Secure it with an iron and bronze chain in the grass in the field. Let it get wet with the dew from the sky and let it get its share of the plants on the ground with the animals. Let its human mind be changed and give it the mind of an animal. Let it remain like this for seven time periods. The guardians have announced this decision. The holy ones have announced this so that every living creature will know that the most high God has power over kingdoms. The new King James says the most high God he rules in the affairs of men. He gives them to whomever he wishes. He can place the lowest of people in charge of them. And everybody said what? Amen. The most high God rules in the affairs of men. This is an absolute statement. And it is independent of what is happening in your life, in my life, in our world. It is independent of it. The most high God, he rules the affairs of men. And so it's important to grasp that and begin to ask yourselves questions. If the most high God rules, in the affairs of man all over the world. So why the chaos? Why the confusion? Okay? 
The answer is in Genesis 1. When God said in verse 26, let us make man in what? Yes. And let the man be made according to our likeness. Let them have what? Dominion. Let the man take charge. The most high God rules in the affairs of men. The anarchy, the confusion, they derive from the fact that the man he created and gave dominion have not taken his place in the scheme of things. So what we see, the confusion you see in your life, in your world, in my life, in my world, is by default. You know what it is? What by default means? It means because I didn't do something. That's why this confusion is what? Yes, it's prevailing. In, in a philosophy, they call it the law of cause and effect. That there is no effect without a cause. Okay? You see, even scientists have bowed to this truth. That the most high God. You know, one of the most, if you, if you, if you look an, into into space and all these studies that are coming out. One of the most fascinating things that people have seen is that the universe is forever expanding. Did you know that? That the extent of the universe is the limit of your telescope. Yes, the day you build a bigger telescope, you still see more. Yes, more worlds. And that this world we live in is the tiniest speck in all of it. You know the sun that, um, you know this world, this world you and I live in, do you know the diameter? It's just 15,000 miles. Do you know that? If you start digging from one end and to come out at the other end, just 15,000 miles. But do you know the diameter of the sun? A million miles. Can you begin to imagine it? And yet, that's, this sun is the smallest, one of the smallest in the entire universe. There are suns that are five million miles in diameter. You see, when the Bible says the most high God rules in the affairs of men, it's to, to stir you up so that when they say God is in your, my life or in your life, you begin to imagine what that really should mean. The God who brought all things into what? Existence. The same God. The same God. It's amazing. So when we see chaos and anarchy, we begin to probe what is going on, what is going on. You see, that's why spiritual warfare, spiritual authority, spiritual governance, that's where they all come in. What is going on? Our Lord Jesus Christ explained it in a very simple way. He said, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed what? Be your name. Then the next statement, may your kingdom what? Yes. Do you know what that means? Many people don't know what that means in the exercise of spiritual authority on the, on the earth. It means that because of Genesis 1.26, you and I must invite the kingdom of God. Otherwise, it won't come. So may your kingdom, because I'm God's regent, because I'm created God's regent on the earth, it is my duty in everywhere I find myself, to insist, to decree, to pronounce that the kingdom of God must prevail here. Jesus said, when you pray, say, may your kingdom take over this place. And then what is the next prayer? May your will be done on the earth as it is what? Oh, yes. You see, unless you enter into a revelation 
of that word, you wouldn't begin to reduce chaos in your life. Because you see, if you see the order in nature deriving from the same God, you will begin to imagine what will happen to your own life when you bring that kingdom order into your life. You know, the Bible says that, uh, that God holds the universe together by the breath of his nostrils. Have you read that? But do you know what that means now? Because the science has already told us. You know, these whole worlds that are hanging in the air and no, none of them is falling off. Do you, have, you, have you studied that? Do you know what is holding them together? The Bible calls it the breath of your nostrils. But what scientists tell us it is is what we call interplanetary geomagnetic attraction. Do you know what that means? Every, every planet has a magnetic attraction. And the balance of that attraction is what is keeping the world. And so every time a new world enters, there will be a little... Uh, and everybody adjusts again. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> God is awesome. You see? And so now you begin to imagine how to bring order to your life. Okay? And that is by inviting the kingdom of God to take you over. To take over your world. And now you begin to see how you can exercise your authority. So that whenever I say, I, I, I saw the pastor praying, you know, on, on Matthew 15, 13, whatever my heavenly father has not planted. You see, this is, this is part of the kingdom prayer. Anything here that, that God has not done, I too put X on it. You know, I preached this in a certain place. A lady came and gave a testimony. She said when she got home, she prayed. She said, Lord, whatever is in this house, whoever is in this house that has no place in God, I put an X. She said 5.30 in the morning, same night, there was a knock on her bedroom door. She said it was her house girl. Say, ah, what is it? Do you know the time? He said, yes, I know the time. What do you want? I want to tell you I'm leaving. He said, ah, ah. Can't you wait in the morning? No, I'm leaving now. She said, she's never seen that before. You see, when you bring the kingdom order to your life, you bring kingdom order for your life, then, because you created in the image of God, and they look into your heart and find sincerity, you know, because that's where many people fail in spiritual authority. They look into your heart, they don't find sincerity, then they don't respond. But they look into your heart and they find sincerity, they endorse you. They endorse you. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, so now, for God's will to be done on earth, it must be where you and I have control. I don't have control in the whole world, Abby, but that's a place I have control, my life. And so when I pray, may your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven, I am positioning myself to exercise authority. So that I can bring everything in my world subject to Christ. There's no magic to it. There is no magic to it. It's not a wishful thinking. It is not a repetition of some slogans. It is not even praying in tongues and marching up and down. No. There is a positioning exercise that confers authority on you. And that's why, you see, I, I have a little song. Lord, I pray, let your kingdom come in my life. Lord, I pray, let your will be done in my life. Lord, I pray, let your kingdom come. 
Let your will be done and let your glory shine through me. You see, the reason I pray that is so that I can position myself and then align myself with God. And then take my place in the rulership. Because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 that when he saved us, he made us to sit where? In heavenly places in Christ. And where is Christ seated? At the right hand of majesty. What does that mean? It means that when I position myself properly, then power from the throne of God is being released for me. It's being released for me. There is no magic about it. You see, it's like somebody who needs electricity. But in wiring the electricity, he didn't connect one point. Will light come? No, it won't come. Oh. It will not come. You have to connect all the points. And then the Bible also says in Revelation chapter 1 that when he saved us and washed us from our sins in his old blood, he made us kings and priests unto who? Unto God. You see, if you are going to rule on earth, if you are going to control principalities and powers, if you are going to stop the devil in your life and in your world, you have to become a king and a what? And a priest. You know, isn't it very interesting that they say a king and a priest? Do you know what that means? It means that the kingship derives from the priesthood. The kingship, it derives from the priesthood. So those who don't know how to be priests, they cannot be what? They can be king. They cannot rule now. You don't know how to be priest because it's the priest that must go into the Holy of Holies to hear what God is. Uh, yes, and then he will come out and make decrees that will establish the will of God on earth as it is done. Uh, yes. You see, church is an academy to train soldiers of the cross. See, David said, blessed be God, in Psalm 144, verse 1. He said, he teaches my hand to what? To war. You see, a Christian is trained to fight. So you don't fight by wishful thinking. You don't fight by what we call the Bethesda phenomenon. How many people understand the Bethesda phenomenon? John chapter 5. Bethesda. In Bethesda, an angel comes now and again and turns the water. Abi? Yes. And this Bethesda is indiscriminate. He said, whoever jumps in first, okay, is what? Is healed. So it's a, it's a, you can be there for a long time waiting to be the first. The man that Jesus rescued from there, how long had he been there? 38 years, 38 years waiting. You cannot depend on the Bethesda phenomenon to run your life. Nobody can depend on the Bethesda phenomenon. Look, if I happen to be the first, Bethesda is indiscriminate, saint or sinner. Doesn't matter. The only thing is jumping there first. You cannot depend on that to run your life. You can't. If you depend on the Bethesda phenomenon, so many things will be going wrong all around you. You know that for centuries, do you know that for centuries, man had dreamt of flying like the birds? Did you know? Man had envied the birds that they can just do like this and, uh, yes. And so men, what did they do? They made wings. You know, did you read the mythology, Icterus? They made wings. And every time they jump up, what will happen? They will fall down. Okay, how did man begin to fly? Until they unraveled 
the law of gravity. You see? After they unraveled the law of gravity, they realized that you cannot fly you because gravity will always, uh, yes, it will always pull you down. That the only way to fly is if you can generate lift that is greater than gravity. Yes. Once you can generate lift that is greater than gravity. In other words, there is a law of gravity there. For you to fly, you have to find a way to overcome it. Now, this is the spiritual that gave birth to the physical. There are spiritual laws. And the fundamental one is it has to be by the kingdom. It has to be for the kingdom. It has to be in the kingdom. Everything has to be in the kingdom if it's going to work. If it is going to work. And so it's important for you and I to understand how a Christian can restrict principalities and powers. Because that's what God created us to do. And compel, compel every creature, every creature to bow to the king everywhere we are in charge. In our lives, in our world, command all principalities and powers to bow to God in your life. But now, the Bible tells us how that is going to work. The Bible says, that is not going to work oh, unless my own obedience is what? Complete. In other words, I compel every creature to bow to the authority of Christ in my life. When I am not bowed to the authority of Christ myself, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. That's why many people don't have any spiritual authority. That's why heaven cannot endorse them. Because they don't realize that it's not arbitrary. That you cannot go anywhere, do anywhere, talk anyhow, behave anyhow, and then you kneel down. I command you. No, it doesn't work that way. Anybody that tells you it works that way, then they themselves don't know how it works. They themselves don't know how it works. Because the Bible says, the weapons of our warfare, they are not what? Carnal. So you see, no matter, no matter, you see, the spoken word is the ultimate. Because that's how God made the world. That's how he brought invisible things and made them visible. By the spoken word. But you see, that word Jesus revealed to us in John chapter 6 verse 63. He said, the words I speak to you, they are what? Spirit and they are what? Life. Yes, they're not ordinary words. He said, the letter profited nothing. In other words, if you take up the logos on your lips and you do not have the quickening anointing, it won't work. It just doesn't work that way. You see? But if you want the logos to work, then there must be a quickening anointing. And it is that quickening anointing that galvanizes the heavenly hosts to effect, enforce, insist that the will of God be done on earth as it is done where? Absolutely. And so the moment you understand that, okay, you now begin to see yourself, I'm an agent of God. And my duty here is to ensure that the will of God is done. It's the same thing in families. Okay? You know, people say they have ambitions. I said, yes, have ambitions. But what is your ultimate ambition? Whatever God wants in this house, whatever God wants in this my life, whatever God desires, that's what is going to happen here. And my duty is to enforce it. Why am I doing that in my life? Why am I doing that in my life? It's so that if there is a fight in the process of effecting the will of God in my life, and I lift up my hand and say, by God, it must not be. What will they do to me? They will endorse me. They will endorse me. You see, that, that's, that's the beauty and the wonder of our calling. And that's why you need to understand your salvation. And so you cannot dissociate the power you wield spiritually to the life you live, from the life you live. You can't. Because, it's, you see, there will be a disconnect. I'll give you a simple example. Husbands love your wives. 
Just a simple example. Husbands, love your wife. He said, yes, I want to do it, but this my wife talks too much. Oh, yes. You know, when I'm even trying to love her, she'll just, I'm just fed up. That's why I really can't cope. But then, okay, tomorrow, there is a, a, a devil blocking your business. You said, Rashita namana setila. Woropotonamanila. Bow. Then they, they look down from heaven. They say, Michael, who is that? <laughs> the angel say, ah, oh God. <laughs> Now that man will say, the wife, they talk too much. He can't love his wife. Oh. And he wants us to endorse him. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Can't endorse him. See, the people who want to be endorsed, they bend over backwards to do what God wants. No matter the cost, no matter the cost. You know, I was telling a group of believers once, I said, do you know why uh, Nepal will not work for a long time? They said, no, they don't know. I said, because many of us who are praying for it, we are not paying the correct bill. Yes. I said, it cannot work now. It cannot work. You see, you bypass the meter, you know, you do so many things, and then you come, Ramashanda, Rabamashi. I said, that's ridiculous. You see, it doesn't work like that. You know, it's not because you, 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 you didn't eat for one week, that's why it will work. No. No. You didn't eat for one week, but you didn't obey God, then it won't work. It won't work. And so, we, if, you see, you can turn uh, the entire body of Christ into an unstoppable army if the people of God will do the will of God on earth. It, we will become an unstoppable army. Now, do you know why the Bible says that God is looking for one man? Do you know why? It said in Ezekiel chapter 22, it said, and I sought for... Yes, so he didn't say I sought for two men, no. He said I sought for one man that will stand in the gap, that will rebuild the wall of righteousness so that I will not destroy these people. And how many did he find? Eh? None. None. That's, what, that's the tragedy of the church. That when God is looking for somebody, he won't find. But do you know the worst tragedy? When people hear this kind of thing, they say, well, God should be able to find a, a dickiness. Uh, Mary is very good Christian. You know. Um, uh, Dickin Paul is very, very, ah, it's a very no-nonsense uh, Christian. If God, I don't know how God can say he cannot, eh, uh, eh, even my, uh, uh, my sectional leader, I can vouch for him in heaven. And if anybody says they will not go to heaven, I'll carry a placard. <laughs> Do you know the only person you can talk about? Oh, yes, so. Because it's all the people you are talking about. You don't know what they're doing. Even if you know what they're doing, you don't know what they're thinking. And that's why, you see, every Christian needs to take a personal responsibility for godliness. Because, you see, we, we, we have a duty. And, and that's why, you see, when we get to heaven, when they start bringing out people for glory, all of us will be shocked. Because many of those people, we never knew them. And yet, we lived with them in the same time, but we never knew them. Because nobody knew them. It's not about what you are doing publicly. You know, it's like, a, you know, preachers like me now, uh, some people come and say, doctor, I know you. I say, where? Where do you know me? He say, you come to our church. You see now. He say, he knows me. I come to the church. 
One day, one lady came to me and said, Doctor, I want to interview you as a successful Christian. I said, hey, do you know me? Because you see me on the pulpit. You know? The only person you know what they're doing is who? Yes, so. You, you, only yourself you know what you're doing. And so, if you see that heaven is not endorsing you, okay, we call it a positioning thing. So, if I see that heaven is not endorsing me, particularly on a particular matter, what should I do? I start making what? Changes. Oh, yes. Those are the people who take spiritual warfare seriously because they know that spiritual warfare is not about the devil. Spiritual warfare is about God. You know, it's not about the devil. If I cannot bring enough light into this place, if I cannot bring enough power into this place, then it's, not, it's between me and God. The devil is totally, I tell people, you see, the devil is there, but to all practical intents and purposes, the devil can be made irrelevant in your life. Because, you see, the only person you really worry about is who? God. Yes, only God. Only God. Because that's the, that's the awesome nature of spiritual warfare. That you're not really worried about the devil. You know, a, a lot of people, whole denominations, it's all about the devil. It's all about the devil. I say spiritual warfare is not about the devil. Because spiritual warfare is about people who can bring light. The Bible says in, a, in a, a John chapter 1 verse 9, the light shines in darkness. Verse 5 rather. The light shines in darkness. And the darkness cannot what? Hey, cannot stop it. Cannot stop it. That's spiritual warfare. You put every power, every enemy, you put them under your feet because of your obedience to God. And so whether it is from your wife, whether it's from your child, whether it's from your husband, whether it's from colleagues, whether it's from those who owe you money, whether, no matter, you're doing what God wants. You're doing what God wants. And the reason why you're doing what God wants is to protect your spiritual authority. Because you know that without God's power, your authority is meaningless. I'm sure you understand the difference between authority and power. I'm sure there are lawyers and, and maybe judges here too. You know, in the court of law, the judge sitting on her bench, she has the authority. The police has the power. So when the judge says, contempt of court, take him to the bedroom for, 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 for three weeks, let him learn not to be in contempt of my court. Now, will the judge go to carry the man to the prison? No, now. It's the police that say, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. come and enter Black Maria. They carry the man there. Now, but suppose the police comes to the judge and say, Madam, I want to tell you something. You say, yes. You say, that man is very dangerous. Oh. Be careful how you talk to him, oh. Anything that happens to you. Ah, what do you think that judge will do? She will carry her bag and what? Run. Why will she run? Because her authority is disconnected from her power. And that's why, you see, every time authority is disconnected from power, authority is in danger. Oh, yes. And so, you see, if you and I understand the way the system works, you will know that in spiritual warfare, you cannot afford for your authority to be disconnected from the source of your power. You cannot afford it. Okay, so now, 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 do you see now where temptation comes in? You see? The Bible says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to deal with the wiles. What is wiles? Tricks. Tricks of the devil. So this is where it comes in. 
That when you are standing and heaven is endorsing you, the only thing the devil can do is temptation. So the day you and your wife quarrel, Elizabeth will come. Ah, you're looking very unhappy. Hey, whoa, who is making you so unhappy? I'm sure it's that your foolish wife. And you grin, hey, hey. so you have joined in calling your wife foolish. And that is how all of a sudden things will begin to what? Fall apart. And by the time you know where you are, the spirit has left. The spirit has left. And then the devil begins to attack. And then you say like Samson, I will go and uh, do like before. In the name of Jesus, uh -uh. nobody's endorsing you again. And so we need to understand that to be strong in the Lord, to be strong in the power of God's might, that's doing the will of God. So that our hearts will be a residency of the spirit of the living God. So that he will continue to express, you know, when we say that A has a greater anointing than B. You know, many people don't understand it. Why does A have a greater anointing. The revelation is in John chapter 3. We are in, I think, verse 33 or so, or 34, where the Bible says that God gave Jesus the spirit without measure. Do you know that many people don't understand what that means? They think that it is, what the, what the Bible says that, oh, God gave Jesus the spirit because he's Jesus, he gave him freely. No! That's not what it means. Here is what it means. The same spirit that was in Christ is the same spirit that is in you and I. So what is the difference? The difference is that Jesus never offered any resistance to whatever the spirit of God wanted to what? Do. Absolutely. And so the spirit had freedom in Christ. To express the life of God. To do the will of God. To manifest the glory of God. Unhindered. Jesus did not. Whether it is going to the cross. Whether he's making Judas the treasurer. You know. Can you try that in your, in your business? They come to you and say. Oga. This man is a thief. I think we need to sack him in this company. He said No. We don't need to sack him. Make him the... Uh, can you do that? Can you do that? So why do you say make him the treasurer? If God says make him the treasurer, make him the treasurer. Whether he's a thief or not, he's immaterial. Jesus made Judas the treasurer. And the Bible says he was a thief that he used to take money. I thought and thought and thought. I said, I, can, I think I can understand why Jesus made Judas the treasurer. Because when they come back every day, maybe James or John was the treasurer. Judas will come to Jesus. Okay, we need to check that bag. Oh, because I saw Judas eating one apple. I saw James eating one apple. I'm sure he's a... Uh, Taking some money. Yes. I saw him eating apple. Even the other day, I saw him eating in Sheraton. Even I saw him going to Protea to be eating. Ah, and they need to check. Uh, so Jesus said, okay, Judas, do you know what? This your complaint about uh, money is disturbing my, uh, my, uh, disturbing my work. Oh, yeah, hold the bag. Whatever you tell us remains there. It's, uh, it's okay. It's okay. You see? And so Jesus can move freely without all this trouble about money. Because Judas the thief is holding uh, uh, he's holding the bag. Anything he's left for us is okay. <laughs> you know? But you see, that reveals to us the power of doing what God wants. It doesn't mean that some people think that everything that God wants you to do must always be something you like to do. Everything that God wants you to do must be something that you are so willing to do. No. Some of them will be uphill. But that's the test. Whether you are really submitted to the authority of God in your life. Yes. And you see, when you understand the revelation, 
you know that by obeying God in your life, you are pro protecting your spiritual uh, authority. Yes. Because you don't know when some devil will come, you give you one revelation that this and that will happen. You get up and say, not on your life. Say, the devil that will cause that to happen has not been created yet. Oh, yes. And heaven will... Uh, oh, yes. Heaven will endorse you. So that everywhere you are, you are causing the will of God to be done. And so you can start off immediately. It's okay, Lord, from today. Let your will be done in my life as it is done where? Okay. That's a prayer. We are, we, you know, you saw the prayer that we are praying. You see, for a new Nigeria. But a new Nigeria in the hand of who? Yes. It's not a new Nigeria. Some people are praying, let the Naira become one one. I say, is that a new Nigeria in the hand of the Lord? Let uh, 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 my brother uh, win election. Is that a new Nigeria in the hand of the Lord? You're, you're not a kingdom citizen. As a kingdom citizen, Lord, anyone that will not, is not part of your will in this time and season in our life, I put a curse on the ambition. I curse the ambition. It must not see the light of... Uh, it must not. Because you see, I am I'm a kingdom person and I only want the kingdom of God and the will of God to prevail. You see, understand why many prayers are not being answered. Because those prayers are so selfish, they're so self-centered, they're about the purposes of man. That's not what it is. Spiritual warfare is to cause the purposes of God to prevail. Even if it will affect me. Okay, there was a day the Spirit of God whispered to me, said, you need to, you need to call forth judgment. In this country, said, there is two spirits must pass through the land. Mercy and judgment. So that those who are for mercy will have mercy. Those who are for judgment will have judgment. I went to church. And I shared it to some brethren. One brother tapped me on the shoulder. I said, brother, ah, let us not call for judgment too. Because that judgment can affect some of us too. <laughs> and so because the judgment will affect me, I will not call for judgment that God wants. You see? When Elijah said there will be no dew or rain, did he say only be there, not here? No, there will be no dew or rain. All of us are going to suffer it. Uh, yes, we are going to suffer it together. So we do what God wants, no matter how it affects us. And so God wants to raise an army of people. See, but when you kneel down, you are calling on heaven. I insist, I insist that the purposes of God must prevail here. No matter whose ox is God. But you know, if you find two Christians discussing politics in Nigeria, one is Yoruba, one is Igbo, three, one is Efik. So the Yoruba will be talking from southwest, the Igbo will be talking from southeast, the Efik will be talking from south-south. And they're all Christians, so nobody is talking for who? No, they're not talking for God. That is the tragedy of the church. That is the tragedy of the church. So God is calling on you and I. Begin to rise above all this. Begin to desire the will of God in your life. So that anywhere you stand and pray. That I, I, I insist that the kingdom of God prevail in this place. Heaven will endorse you. I insist that the will of God prevail in this place. Heaven will endorse you. And that's why I challenge you this morning. You know, because, um, uh, uh, um, oh, there's something else I need to tell you before I, want, I stop in this first service. And that is, you see, he's, he made us kings and priests. You know, that's what the Bible says in Revelations 1, 5 and 6. He made us kings and priests. But do you know that many people who want to rule, they don't know that we only have a two-dimensional uh, uh, principle of rulership. Two, only two. The reason is because... 
our priesthood, number one, is an eternal priesthood. Because who is our high priest? And eh? Yes, Jesus is our high priest. And that high priesthood, that of, of which Jesus is our high priest, is after the order of who? Melchizedek. Yes, it's after the order of Melchizedek. But now, do you know who Melchizedek is? They said Melchizedek is without father. It's without mother. It is without beginning. It's without an end. Okay? But he is also a king. Two things. King of what? Righteousness and king of what? Peace. And so when I am ruling, when I am ruling for God, two things I must cause to prevail. Righteousness and what? Peace. Everywhere I am. Righteousness and peace. See, because I am of the order of Melchizedek. My kingship and priesthood is of the order of Melchizedek. And I'm a king of righteousness and I'm a king of peace. And you see, when, when I walk in that, oh, heaven will endorse me, will endorse me. Righteousness and peace. That's why the apostle Paul said. Romans chapter 14 verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not in what? In food and drink, but is in what? Righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Yes. So when I'm a king of righteousness and I'm a king of peace, oh, everybody's full of joy. Everybody's full of joy in my kingdom. So my brother, my sister, I want to tell you that there's no magic about spiritual authority. There is no magic about ruling for God in your life and in your world. There is no magic. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry in church can arise and begin to rule. All they need to do is position themselves in the kingdom of God and in the will of God for their lives and begin to make all the necessary changes that God requires in their life so that they can stand in their office and in their calling. And then let any devil from hell challenge them. They will see that the most high God rules where? In the affairs of men. He has the final say. You and I can sing it, but we cannot do it except we position ourselves. Oh, God has the final say. Who has the final say? Yes, but you see, it means nothing. If there's nobody to enforce it. Because he has made us regents on earth. There is no, it doesn't mean anything unless there's somebody to say, uh-uh, I stand for God here. No. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 18, 18, I tell you, whatsoever you forbid on earth, it will be what? Forbidden in heaven. I said, Lord, I forbid this in the name of Jesus. Now, in the second service, I'm going to talk to you about Two revelations. The revelation that is in the name of Jesus. Many people, they use the name, but they don't have the revelation in the name. You see, you have to have the revelation in the name. It's not the logos, okay? It's not the logos at the name of Jesus, every knee. But the revelation in the name. The revelation in the name. And then there's a revelation in the blood of Jesus. The saints overcame him by the... What is the revelation? What is the revelation? That is the word, but what is the revelation? You have to have revelation so that when you say those things, you know exactly what they mean. Yes, you know exactly what they mean. And then you can stand on it. You can stand on it. And then God will be glorified. Okay, I want you to stand with me. Let us tell Jesus that we are holding forth until he comes. You know, there's a song that says that. Will you join me? Choir, will you join me? Before we make the altar call. Okay, somebody is going to say to Jesus. Oh, my comrades. See the signal waving in the sky. Reinforcement now appearing. Victory is near. Oh, my comrades, see the signal 
waving in the sky. Reinforcement now appearing. Victory is near. Hold the fort for I am coming. Jesus signals still. Oh, wave the arms about to heaven by thy grace. I want to, us to say this prayer together. Say, oh Lord my God, by your grace, by the quickening of your spirit, I covenant with you this day from the depths of my being that your will will be done in my life, in every area of my life, as it is done in heaven. Oh Lord my God. Let the grace. To stand in this commitment. Be released. Into my life now. In the name of Jesus. Or you take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Talk to God. This is the, this is the most fundamental prayer of life. For a Christian. 
It's not for an unbeliever. An unbeliever doesn't have any part in this. It's for you as a Christian to position yourself so that you can begin to build the kingdom of God in Nigeria. In your office, and you enter there, you said, the kingdom must prevail here. In your business, you enter there, the kingdom must prevail here. Whether there is corruption or not, the kingdom will prevail here. Everywhere you go, the kingdom must prevail. You take captive every principality and power of evil. You take them captive and you make a decree. God must prevail here. Because I'm here, because I'm here, God must prevail. You bind every spirit that is contrary to the glory of God in your life, in your work, in your business, in your place. So that after they've gone up and down, they will bow to the authority of God in your life. God wants to raise an army, a ferocious army that will go into Nigeria and turn things around from the spirit. For everything that you see in the natural must come from the spirit. And we are the only ones who can operate in the spiritual realm. You and I are the only ones who can operate in the spiritual realm. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, if you're here, you have never given your life to Christ. You are not included in this prayer. You cannot be. You have to enter before you can be included. So anyone here, don't walk away from here without doing it. If you're here, you have not. Or maybe you did once, but you backslid. Be restored now. So raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Is there anyone here this morning? Raise it up. Raise up your hand. Is there anyone? Is there anyone? Is there anyone this morning? Don't go away. Is there anyone? Okay, now by your yes, somebody is there. Somebody, come, come, please come. Come very quickly. It's so important. Don't, 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 don't assume the devils know the true position. You see, that's the tragedy. You know, they are trying to exercise authority. The devils know the true situation of your life. And so they, they, they will make sure that nobody endorses you. Nobody endorses Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Yes, come, my brother. Come. Come. The devils, they know. They know what is going on in your life. And, and, and you cannot pretend you know, if the devils know, then God must, God must even know more than they know. And, and that's why you need to come now. I, I urge you to come now while we still have the time. Come now and, and, and make this commitment so that your, your position will change spiritually. Your position will change automatically. You see, in the world, they will give you time before it will change. No, in heaven, it changes automatically. And you can begin to to command devils. Once you have determined that the will of God must be done in your life, you can begin to command devils. That's why Jesus, no devil could stop him here because the will of God was always done in his life. No devil could stop him here. Put your right hand to your chest and say with me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. Please come into my life and be my Lord. And be my savior. I believe with all my heart. That you died for my sins. I believe with all my heart. That you rose from the dead. To give me a new life. I receive. My new life. In Christ. Thank you for saving me. I repent of all my sins. By your grace. By the power of your Holy Spirit. I will not go back to them again. Thank you for saving me. Now I'm a child of God. Now I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. Thank you, O oh God, for in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Holy Father, bless these ones. Empower them by your spirit. I command every judgment. I command every covenant. I command every curse. Cancelled in the name of Jesus. I release you into the liberty of God's children. Be free to love and serve your God. All the days of your life. For in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Okay. Okay. So now, now lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. 
Fill my cup, Lord. I give it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, fill me till I want no. pray with me. Oh Lord my God I ask you to give me the anointing I need now to call forth a new united Nigeria in the hand of the Lord. I receive that anointing now. Take a moment. Take a moment. And drink of that anointing. Drink of it. He said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have received, you will have. You have received that anointing. You have received it now. You have received it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Okay, now let's set our decree. Oh Lord my God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I stand on the sacrifice of Calvary, the death and resurrection of Jesus to call forth a new united Nigeria in the hand of the Lord. Every principality, every power in heaven or on earth, in the sea or beneath the earth that will hinder the emergence of this new Nigeria in the hand of the Lord. I take you captive now. I cast you into the abyss in the name of Jesus. Therefore, I stand on the victory of Calvary to call forth a new united Nigeria in the hand of the Lord. A new united Nigeria in the hand of the Lord. Come forth. Come forth now. Come forth in the name of Jesus. That the Father may be glorified in his Son. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said.